Hey everyone, this is your video and podcast director, Marina McTee. Today we have a podcast for you from staff reporter and production assistant Lauren Shagro, where she talks with the director of the American Indian Resource Center at the University of Utah about the effects of colonization on holidays and history in this country. So let's take a listen to this episode of Office Hours. Hi everyone, my name is Lauren Shagro and I am the production assistant for the Forum at Westminster College. I talked with Francie Taylor, the director of the American Indian Resource Center at the University of Utah. We spoke about her opinions as an American Indian on the Thanksgiving holiday season. Quick disclaimer, this podcast was recorded over Zoom, so the audio might be affected. I hope you enjoy. I am the director of the American Indian Resource Center at the University of Utah, and I'm Choctaw. Um, how did you get that position? It's the work that I've been doing for a long time. I've been teaching American Indian study courses over 25 plus years. My background is in anthropology and archaeology with a specialty in women's studies and ethnobotany. And ethnobotany is the use of indigenous plants prior to any colonization. So, and I, I've taught here at the university in uh, American Indian Women in Culture and Introduction to American Indian Lifestyles and History. In times like coming into the holidays as we are, uh, specifically Thanksgiving, I just want to ask kind of your opinion about the holiday and like what you think it means. With my background, I always have to start off by saying if you took all of the populations in the United States, and look just at the population that is called American Indian Alaska Native, which is a category. First of all, we're not considered legally as an ethnicity because we are identified in the United States Constitution as sovereign nations. We're citizens of sovereign nations, so we're dual citizens between our nation and the United States. And so, with 573 of these federally recognized tribes, many of them are like the Flathead Reservation in Montana that are made up of the Salish, the Kootenai, and the Ponderay. Those are three different cultures, three different languages or variations of languages. And in fact, Ponderay is an isolate. That means it is spoken nowhere else on earth except northern Montana and southern Canada. And so if you have 573 different sovereign nations, close to 100 that are either state or seeking some recognition, there is absolutely no way that you can represent the entire group. So I always start off by saying my opinions are mine, mine solely, out of my own life experiences, I speak for no, not for all of the American Indians, not for the Choctaw Nation, not for my clan, not for my family. I just speak from my own background research and personal opinion. So everything I say is, is totally just how I feel. So I feel that in a time where we're living in such divided societies, where no one can seem to come to the middle. We need to create a world where true history is taught. And so all of our holidays, such as Columbus Day, which I won't celebrate, I just do Indigenous 
People's Day because even if you read Columbus's own diaries or the translations of them, which I did when I studied in Europe, um, he was not a nice person and he did not discover North America. He didn't know we existed. So my goal would be to teach an accurate history. We will come closer to the middle if our mythologies and our modern day Thanksgiving is absolutely a myth. It's not anything like it's presented. I'll guarantee you there was no pumpkin pie. So I, my own personal opinion of it is that we love food. So all of our cultures, everybody loves food. And any excuse to get together and spend time with family over food is a good thing. Do I personally celebrate it in the way that the myth is? No. For one thing, every aspect of American Indian culture, religion, was outlawed by the United States in the 1880s. All of our children were removed from our homes around the age of four and sent to off-reservation boarding schools. From the 1878-79 on, every attempt was made to eliminate American Indian culture. So to throw us back into a mythical holiday is somewhat of an insult, and it has nothing to do with this. But because our cultures were outlawed, very many places we took holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas, President's Day, whatever, and used those so we could publicly share and experience our ceremonies in a way that the government would see them as some sort of a entertainment. And so behind the scenes, we're practicing our ancient culture. But as far as the government and the agents that would arrest us were concerned, these things were just presentations, productions. And so that concept of celebrating these days carries on until today. I mean, a little known fact that isn't taught in our schools is that American Indians were not allowed religious freedom until 1978 in the American Indian Religious Freedom Act. So all of these things together, personally, I will celebrate family but I'm not gonna celebrate the pilgrims. We know the story of Thanksgiving where the natives helps the pilgrims find food and plant and hunt. How is this story different from what actually happened? Number one, the pilgrims weren't the first Europeans to North America. Uh, Eric the Red was with the Vikings and around the first permanent settlement or semi-permanent settlement he created was in 1000 AD. It wasn't abandoned until 1448. The first European city in North America was St. Augustine with the Spanish. So I've never understood why we have this focus on the pilgrims and this mythical Thanksgiving. If you look at the diaries that were left by those original pilgrims, they were throwing a Thanksgiving for every little good thing that happened. This was almost a weekly or monthly thing for that first year. Uh, Thanksgiving was not officially made a holiday or promoted until under the presidential administration of Abraham Lincoln, at a time when the world was pulling apart 
kind of like we are now, this was a celebration of a mythical origin that could bring the entire country together. And so it was not something that was recognized in the early years of the United States at all. So let's look at those pilgrims. And one of the things I've always asked in my classes is, so you got the pilgrims and they're absolutely lost. So when they left and came to North America, they had no agricultural background whatsoever, no hunting skills. These were city folks. And so when they got to North America, they were lost. They would, would be like if you took somebody out of inner city New York and dropped them in Yellowstone Park and said, cope. They couldn't. I mean, they had, and even in their records, in recent archaeological data, we see that some of the early graves from the pilgrims had been harvested. Now, what I mean is they were practicing cannibalism on their own members because they had no food. They were digging up Indian graves and taking the food that had been left in the graves to carry to the spirit world. They had no idea how to cope. So the mythical person, although he, he's a real person, but the name that we attribute to him is not his real name. But the person Squanto in our myths that we teach in our schools walks out of the woods into Plymouth Rock, that, that their community there. So how did he communicate with them? This North American Indian, how did he communicate with these English pilgrims and help them to learn how to plant and take care of themselves? Usually my students will say, oh, sign language or do pictures. No, he spoke English. Because as a seven-year-old child, or approximately seven years old, he was captured by French fishermen, taken to Spain as a slave, worked his way and escaped out of Spain into France, where he did the same thing in France, eventually made his way up through Belgium, the Netherlands, and into England, where he studied and stayed with merchants there until he could accumulate enough wealth to buy himself a passage back to the United States. When he arrived back in the United States in the Northeast Coast, he discovered that his entire clan family uh, band had been decimated by smallpox and wiped out. So he became a man without a country, a man with no status. In most of our languages, we didn't use first person pronouns. We used community we are us and so as an i as a single person he no longer really existed as a human being so when he saw the english and knew that he could help them he found a community that he could be adopted into and given status and so he went in to help the pilgrims in any way he could um, unfortunately he contracted smallpox from them and died within two years but the story was that we present with this friendly with all of the natives was not true. I mean, it's the situation where the East Coast was relatively heavily populated prior to any contact and colonization. So every ship that came in was moving into someone else's territory. 
when they started decimating graves and disrespecting graves, the animosities were pretty strong. And so there was never an attempt to really become friends. And so that part of the myth is totally myth. Um, what does this mean? I personally don't see the danger of the damage of teaching an honest history. In our schools, we should be saying, you know, the world would not have iron today if it hadn't been invented in Africa. The world would not have many of the foods we have today. Over 80% of every commercial food crop on earth was unknown in Europe prior to colonization. Corn, beans, squash, avocados, peanuts, um, all of those things came from the Americas. The potato, the tomato, those are all plants that were unknown in Europe. So there is no damage in teaching honest, accurate history. Um, we wouldn't have some of the problems we have today with how divided this country is if from pre-K on we taught that we're one society with individual differences, but we have a shared history. Some of it's bad, some of it's amazing. But until we acknowledge and recognize that we're all in this together, that the history, the true history, we need to embrace and understand. Because if you don't understand history, you're going to repeat it. And so there's no harm in having accurately taught children. So Thanksgiving, it's a myth. It's like some other holidays that are myths. Um, we should take a moment to pause while we're offering thanks because we have so much to be thankful for even right now. But in that, I would love it if people would take a deep breath and say, I'm thankful that there's people out there that will shine a light on our humanity, both the good sides and the bad sides. And maybe we can strive to create a kinder, more empathetic, better society. So that's Thanksgiving for me. Let's be thankful of something, but let's don't perpetrate the myth like you said earlier, you do celebrate a type of Thanksgiving, although it's not directly associated with the holiday that we may know. Do you think you could elaborate on how you celebrate? Laughter. Lots of laughter, lots of food. In, in school, we're taught this myth with the pilgrims. But I'm not sure if you surveyed 80% of North or United States households. If you said, what does this day represent to you? When you sat down at that table, what are the shared thoughts and feelings you have? And I'm seriously doubting anybody's going to mention the pilgrims and American Indians. It's about family. It's about gathering with the blessing of food. And food is not given. We have lots of people that have food inequities. 
there's a lot of people that won't have a huge turkey. So to be able to have a spread to share with friends and family is something to be thankful for. It's a blessing. And so we don't talk about the ancient history, even though all my kids and grandkids know about it. It's just this is a day to be thankful. If nothing else, there is anybody that sits down to Thanksgiving in November 2020 should say a prayer of thanks that we're here. If you look at everything we've gone through this year from killer hornets, earthquakes, hurricane winds, COVID, elections, that we're here and can sit down with friends and family is a day to be thankful. So that's, that's how we do it. It's just a day to be with family and turn to the people beside you and say, even when I don't agree with you, I love you. What do you think people outside of maybe your community or others should be aware of all the time, but especially during like this Thanksgiving season? I want people to understand that Utah is indigenous land and that we have archaeological sites here that go back close to 15,000 years. We have solid carbon dating on some artifacts that are over 10,000 years. Those people that created those 10,000 years ago are here in Salt Lake City today. Their ancestors are here today. So when I do a land acknowledgement, I say, you need to remember that this was and is indigenous land. And so uh, we need to keep that in mind of, of where we are and what we're doing. That's part of Thanksgiving too, is that we're still here. As far as American Indian people are considered, we're resilient. We'll still be here in another thousand years if the world's still here. So that's part of Thanksgiving too. We're resilient. We're going to stay here. We just wish people would recognize the fact that we're here, not historic. Because my academic background is STEM-based, because I've studied DNA, etc., biologically, race is a social concept. Race does not exist. That is something that's created by societies, these differences, these divisions. And so if we get beyond the point of where we're looking at exteriors and go beyond fear, if we can disband fear in our communities, then we'll have something even more spectacular to be thankful for, is if we can get past looking at the outside, because we're 99.99% the same, all of us. The only thing that differentiates us are those few alleles that make us blue-eyed or brown-eyed or whatever. So let's get beyond that. Is there anything else you want to say? Like, just have people know or... Come and visit me. Come up and talk. Have people come up and join us and and be an ally. We all can use allies. 